Chapter Five of Stephen Mitchell's Journey by Pansy. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Five: Making His Report. It's an awful nice match," said Sarah Jane, examining the green braid with interest some hours afterward. "Just exactly the shade I wanted. I don't see how clerks learn how to match women's dresses as well as they do." The clerk didn't match it," said Stephen with unusual energy. "I matched it myself. I didn't take the one he wanted me to by a long sight. He picked out the meanest kind of a match." land said sarah jane surveying him with wonder how did you know what it ought to be i guess i've got eyes if i don't know green why then i don't know nothing don't i work amongst green things all my days that stuff of your dress is just the color of the grass that grows on the south meadow a kind of sunshine green it makes you think of daisies and dandelions and such things yet there ain't no yellow in it i don't understand it exactly but that's the kind of green it is and the braid he was going to give me was that miserable pusely green that never looks nice by the side of the others i knew better the minute i saw it sarah jane regarded her brother with a look of wonder and finally burst into a laugh if i ever heard the like she said who s'posed you noticed what color the grass was or anything else but i know just what you mean that blue green would look nice on some things but it would look horrid on my dress i declare for it steve i believe you would make a good storekeeper yourself i'll never be one said stephen half ashamed and half angry then he shuffled out to attend to doll and dobbin for the night sarah jane as she reveled in the mysterious pattern and fingered the green braid lovingly trying to determine which of various ways of placing it would look the best gave also puzzled thought to stephen there was a look in his face which she did not understand a feeling had come to her that he was in some way a different person from the steve who went to town that morning she chuckled over his encounter with mr pettibone i don't see she said to herself how he ever screwed up his courage to quarrel with that fellow about which color to take it is too funny for anything sarah jane it should be understood was not herself an admirer of mr pettibone there was a sort of rugged good sense about her which recoiled from his affectation of superiority and his patronizing way of nodding to her together with the disagreeable tone in which he said how do you do when she met him on the street or when on rare occasions she entered the store his manner always vexed her she could not have told you why she did not use the word superiority or patronizing she did not understand such words there was simply within her a shrinking from the man and his ways and a feeling in connection with him which made her laugh at the idea of his being as she expressed it come up with she reverted to the subject again and again and cross-questioned stephen that evening while he was eating the supper which had been kept warm for him and laughed so appreciatively over his description of the scene that he was more communicative than usual up to a certain point 
he said nothing about the strange young woman who had sustained his decision at last he brought her forward i see a girl sarah jane that had on a dress that to my mind went way ahead of anything fanny bascom ever wore in her life i don't see why you want to shape your clothes after that girl's i'd rather take a peacock strutting around the barnyard for a pattern than her sarah jane giggled so would i but the peacock is too fine for me i can't ever find anything that will match his feathers i take fanny bascom's patterns because i can get them and i can't get no others but she dresses nicer than any girl in the village they say who was it you saw steve i don't know who it was i saw her in the store she ain't the fanny bascom kind nor any others like her she don't look like em or act like em nor anything how was she dressed what did she have on how do i know it was some pale still stuff that slipped all around her it didn't make no noise and didn't look as though she had thought about it much or remembered what she had on herself but it was away ahead of anything i ever see on fanny bascom or any of her kind sarah jane regarded him with superiority and slight disdain that is just like you steve how am i going to tell anything about a dress that is made of some pale still stuff and slips around on anybody if i could have seen the girl or if ever i could see anybody that is worth seeing i could make my clothes look something like but i can't tell anything about it by any such account as that no said stephen slowly i don't suppose you can there was no sarcasm in his voice there was even an undertone of sadness he watched sarah jane with the greatest interest while she moved about the kitchen putting away the remains of his evening meal and reducing everything to neatness and order he was coming to a realization of certain interesting facts he was discovering that his sister did not look in the least like fanny bascom neither did she look in the least like the young woman in the store and two persons more unlike each other than fanny bascom and that young woman he could not imagine where then did sarah jane belong if she had to do with neither of them sarah jane was short some people would have called her dumpy though stephen did not use that word she had reddish hair and freckles but her hair was soft and wavy and reminded stephen of sunshine though he had never told her nor anybody else that such was the fact sarah jane had a pleasant mouth though stephen did not phrase it in that way he only knew that he liked the looks of it as he studied her face he reflected that he had seen a great many girls that day and all of them without exception were unlike fanny bascom yes and they were unlike sarah jane and certainly they were unlike the girl in the store he felt puzzled and troubled it was a very bewildering world then he thought of his list of words he had thought of them more or less all the way home and studied ways and means of beginning his discoveries concerning them the very first word in the list had exhausted his energies and he had as yet made nothing of it he said it over to himself looking dreamily at sarah jane the while barbarian that was the word 
he had a vague impression that he had heard it used somewhere somehow before to-day but how or where or what meaning it was intended to convey he could not determine what if sarah jane should happen to know something about it she knew about dresses and braids and a hundred things that were out of his line and cramped and isolated as her life was she saw more people than he did she went oftener to church and knew girls by name at least that he did not might she not possibly have heard the word barbarian what harm could it do to try her he need not explain why he wanted to know for that matter he couldn't explain he had not yet settled that matter in his own mind sarah jane he said suddenly speaking with such energy that she almost dropped the pan of potatoes she was carrying to the sink she had forgotten he was present and was once more absorbed in the green dress trying to determine whether she would have three rows of braid on the sleeves or be content with two and let the pretty stuff go round the neck as well sarah jane do you happen to know what barbarian means my patience said sarah how you made me jump i had forgotten you was here barbarian why it means barbarian of course exactly so said stephen that is what i supposed myself sarah jane laughed well i don't know as i can tell what it means i can kind of think it though it appears as if i knew ain't it some kind of animal stephen she spoke timidly she was on untried ground and stephen had been away all day there was no telling just what he had learned i shouldn't wonder said stephen in a non-committal tone the question is what kind of animal that is what i want to know what do you want to know for here came the question which he had intended to try to avoid well he said reflectively i suppose the reason i want to know is because i want to know and he joined somewhat shamefacedly in sarah jane's laugh after a moment's silence he added i heard a man use that word to-day how did he use it said sarah jane quickly if i had heard him i could tell pretty near what it means i have often noticed if you pay attention to what goes before and what comes after a thing you can pretty nearly always find out what it means the last time i was in the store at the village there was a parcel of girls in there talking about a new kind of trimming chiffon they called it they said the word over and over again and i couldn't make head nor tail of it chiffon i said to myself what in the world can it be it is something to wear that is plain to be seen one of them said she had on the prettiest rig all made of lace and chiffon then the other one told about a hat that was made of chiffon and they kept having that word over and putting it in different places and describing its color and one thing and another till i made out pretty near what it was or at least that it was something you bought by the yard so when they had gone out i walked up to mr pettibone and asked him to let me look at chiffon and he went off and got the stuff right away i didn't want any you know or that is i didn't mean to buy any it was real pretty stuff and i would have liked some first-rate 
but what i wanted was to find out just what it looked like so that i would know it the next time i heard about it wasn't that cute yes said stephen again giving his sister a most thoughtful survey this time there was a shade of respect in his thoughts for her coupled with a dim realization of the fact that had she had his opportunity that day she would have made more of it than he had done however he could not have imagined himself going up to the platform and telling the speaker that he wanted to look at some barbarians how was he to find out the meaning of the word so said sarah jane going back to the point of her illustration if i could have heard the word used you know i might have made something out of it what was he saying about them anyhow that is more than i know said stephen humbly he was saying a lot of things that i did not understand and that was one of them sarah jane washed her potatoes vigorously for a few moments and spoke no words then she said and the sentence was preceded by a little sigh which in itself was startling for sarah jane was not given to sighing i suppose you saw and heard a lot of things today, stephen that you didn't understand i wish we knew about things i am dreadful sick of sticking here in this stony old farm and not knowing what is going on i wish i could go to the circus there is going to be one next week and i would give most anything to go to it but there i don't suppose it is of any use i should think not said stephen i guess you forget the interest on the mortgage no i don't and ain't likely to father has groaned over it more than usual to-day and i have wished as much as twenty times that i hadn't sent for no green braid though mother was kind of bent on my having it she said it would cover up the spots and it will too but i could have got along without it i guess forty-five cents won't make no great difference one way or the other said stephen in a voice which was meant to be encouraging then he arose with a weary yawn and lumbered out of the room no nearer to discovering the meaning of barbarian than he was when he heard it spoken from the platform no form of prayer closed the day in the mitchell household the mother was the only one of the family who prayed at all and she was so shy and quiet about it that no one beside herself was sure of it as for stephen he had discarded the habit of childhood when he grew too old in his estimation to say now i lay me down to sleep though why one should ever be too old to repeat that simple statement of fact and ask god's keeping power at the time when he voluntarily relinquishes all attempts at keeping himself it might be difficult to explain sarah jane could not have told when she outgrew the habit but to all practical purposes the mitchell family the mother excepted were barbarians so far as religious life was concerned yet i like to think and believe that the watching shepherd was looking down that night upon the poor foolish sheep who had wandered out of the pasture even while he was a lamb voluntarily giving up the sabbath school and the church service and any attempt at being led and fed and was calling after him though the sheep had wandered so far away that he did not know the shepherd's voice 
there are depths of love in the great shepherd's heart that we cannot comprehend and there are ways of reaching wandering ones that are in themselves so simple that because of their very simplicity we cannot comprehend them the very reaching out of this blind heart after a something which he did not understand and knew not where to look to find may have been translated in heaven as a cry for help but stephen mitchell did not know enough to connect the next morning's experiences with his own heart cry he was out in the field steadily following the plough trying to move along in exactly the same paths that he had moved two days before and finding himself unable to do so he would have been astonished probably dismayed had some seer told him that he could never again find that old well-trodden path and plod on in it as a matter of fact it was lost to him the footprints covered over but this he did not realize End of chapter 5